podcast land. This is your host of Psych and Sales, David Weiss. And as usual, I'm joined by my incredible co-host, Dr. Aaron Weiss. You want to say hi, honey? Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, on today's episode of Psych and Sales, we are joined by a friend of mine, um, awesome gentleman in the sales community, Dewan Brown. Dewan is a senior global sales executive at Seismic. Uh, he is one of the leaders of sales for the culture, and he is a uh, father of six, uh, husband of one, amazing dude. Um, just happy to have him on the show. Dewan, uh, welcome. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. So for the folks that um, don't know you, uh, I'd love for them to get to know you. Uh, so you want to kind of tell a little bit about your story, who you are, you know, anything you want to share, and then we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, um, six kids, but I am an only child. So um that's something that that I don't know I've said uh, many times before, but uh, yeah, only child, uh, born and raised in a city called Petersburg, Virginia, did not know I would ever get into sales at all, fell into sales, I would say mistakenly, but at the same time, my dad did sell insurance from the time I was two years old. So you could say that I inherited it, um, but I definitely did not try to, so um, and I think I've been selling for about 20 years um, across a variety of industries. And um, as you mentioned, now I'm selling in the global space for Seismic. Awesome, man. Did you do the door to door, watch your dad carry a bag, like, you know, sell insurance? Like, was that was that your upbringing or what, what was that? Yeah, that was a part of my upbringing. So like he definitely he definitely included me in a lot of the work. Like I would go to the office with him. I met uh, a lot of his coworkers and colleagues. Um, I would sometimes be in the car while he was going to collect, which it's 2021. I'm not sure anybody knows that that was a thing that you used to go door to door to actually collect money from people for things. Yeah. Uh, and so I would be in the car when he did that. Um, I, I've also been in the car when, and when I've seen him ring bells or, or knock on doors and you see the blind shake and then, and then people act like they're not home. So, <laughs> so I saw that. I still side. do that. <laughs> yeah. So I saw that side of the sales world as well. Um, but you know, all in all, I, what I did pick up from him throughout that, that experience was that, you know, his, 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 the same treatment, of everybody, right? My dad is still to this day known as a, a, a gentle soul um, who cares deeply for people. And um, that didn't change when they rejected him or when they closed the door, when they sent their kids to say, my mom said she's not home <laughs> and all of those sorts of things. So that, that I think, I, I hope I picked that up. Oh, that's cool. Well, how, how you and I met and kind of got to know each other was many years ago at the first sales success summit. Yeah, and you were talking about servant leadership, and um, I I loved your story and your approach and outlook to it. Um, I picked up a lot from it, remembered it, applied a lot of it afterwards, um, and it's it's one served me well. But um, I, I would say your dad's probably pretty proud because you you seem to yeah. exemplify that and teach that. Well, I appreciate it, man. That's encouraging. Is that where you picked that up? Um, I'm sure I've heard about it before, but Juan did a, a, a essentially an entire presentation around serving serving uh, his team and the community, and um, his whole perspective was uh, all around the benefits of serving others, and that it comes back. Um, it, was right. just, it was amazing talk. Well, David's definitely had a, a, a shift in his mindset since going to those summits. So I'm going to give you credit for some of that then. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I have to take partial credit, but I appreciate it. <laughs> but between Dewan and Dale and Jack, yes. it, there's just there's just been so many um, 
so many great transformational people in, in my life. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thankful to be a part of it. Heck yeah, man. me too. Um, cool. So, uh, sorry. I felt like you were going to say something. But so you shared how you got into sales and um, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about sales for the culture. Yeah. Yeah. So sales for the culture is uh, just a beautiful thing. Right. And it, it wasn't, again, created by me, but uh, the way it started was, you know, Morgan Ingram, who a lot of people know in the sales world is a phenomenal guy. Um, at some point he you know, put on LinkedIn. He said, look, man, like I, I've been thinking about this for a long time, but what I'm going to do is just start a Slack group essentially for those who are black and in tech sales. Like we just don't have, uh, to his knowledge at the time, any community where we can come in and be supported, um, you know, learn from one another, build one another up and, and just have a space where we can be in a room full of people, Zoom room, uh, that look like us, right? It was a rare, a rare case in sales. And so he started the Slack channel. I jumped in you know, almost before I watched, finished watching the video, I was trying to figure out like how to get into this thing. Um, and since then it's just grown and more. And then you have leaders like, you know, not, not only Morgan Ingram, but you have Kevin Dorsey, KD. Um, you have uh, people like Marcus Knight, uh, Nikki Ivey, uh, just a host of phenomenal leaders. Roger Jefferson is a part of it, um, as is Larry, uh, Larry Long Jr., uh, Simon Teckle, you know, Nate Craft, this is just a bunch of us. And then the group has morphed into around 800, close to 800 black tech sellers. And we've broken it down into what we call sub-communities. So you have those who are not yet in sales, but want to be or are interested in it. You have those who are SDRs and AEs and sales leaders. And what we do is we have programming, week-to-week basis, monthly basis where trainings take place. We invite people in to support there's job opening posts and uh, just an overall uh, place where people can come in, be attracted to the sales community, because we do believe that sales is a marvelous career. Right. Um, at the same time, believing that there's a need for more diversity within sales. Mm-hmm. But then but then there's a need to also equip and support and arm and enable and, and help those who are already in the space, finding themselves to be uh, in, a, in a major m- minority within the space, especially tech. And so it's just a great place to learn, teach, learn, as I like to say it, uh, like to say it um, but also just a great place for people to start to, to be able to flex their own muscles because we have so many sharp minds within this group and to give them a platform and the ability to teach what they know to others uh, is, a, is a beautiful thing. So. That sounds great, yeah. Um, so we've got the father of... Six, husband of one, yeah. we've got sales for the culture. We've got how you got into sales. Uh, why mental health? Why, what, what draws you to joining us on this podcast today? Other than that we invited you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, yeah. come on. Yeah, no, I think it's a great time to do that. I mean, it's, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, one of the things that I'm involved in that I'm extremely excited about is uh, you know 30 day wellness journey, so to speak. It's an event called Take Care. Um, you know, you have a young lady named Mercy Bell, who is uh, a co-founder of that event. And for 30 days, it's just basically a listening journey. So there's audio sessions and stories and talks and workshops that address the wellness challenges that we face, but don't quite know how to talk about. Um, and it's over 60 storytellers that are involved in it. And I happen to be one of the chosen storytellers. And 
because I, I basically lead bare my soul as I told that story. Um, and it's going live. That event starts uh, on the 24th, I believe. Yeah, May 24th. Um, please go out. Anybody who's listening to this, and if you hear this before May 24th, go out and check it out at takecare.com with a four instead of an A, the number four instead of an A. Um, but it's, it's an amazing experience. And as I did that, um, I realized that it was a, a probably a necessity. I, I'm pretty open, generally speaking, but the way that I opened up there and the way that I've heard other people open up and parts of their stories, uh, I, I realized that there's something healing about hearing stories from people on their journey to wellness that is freeing to other people who struggle or have challenges in the same way, but initially thought that it was just them. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and, and not only that, so there's this, there's this sort of uh, recognition and, and resonance like, yes, yes, yes. And what did you do to actually start the process of cli either climbing out or addressing those problems? And so today I'm just like, yeah, mental health awareness, it's time for openness. There's a, there's, a, there's a need for us to talk more about it. I think the stigma around it, especially as, you know, if you're a high-performing salesperson, <laughs> the last thing you want to be seen as is weak or frail or incapable uh, or some, some, you know, otherwise inept. And that's been the stigma, right? So you sort of, you know, mentally think about if I'm struggling with my mental health in any way, shape or form, then that's indicative of my inability to do the things that I've been called to do, whatever they may be. And in this case, it's sales. And I think we should be doing all that we can to dismantle that. I love that, man. That's, that's a lot of why Aaron and I created the podcast is one, to your point, people that hear other people's stories then don't feel like they're on an island. They that's feel right. like they're, there are other people like them. And, and so many people, because these things aren't talked about, do feel like they're maybe the only one or there's only a few people that struggle with this as opposed to, oh my God, a lot of people do and it's okay. Right. Uh, so talking about it, talking about it on a consistent basis. And, you know, I, I love, so you're exactly right that so many top performers feel like if they are struggling mentally, it means they're weak or, oh my God, what are people going to think of me? Or, you know, what does this say about me? But then I, I love the concepts I've been hearing around professional athletes and professional athletes at the top of their game saying, focusing on mindset and, and the mental side of my game has upped my game, lifted my game and keeps my game consistent more than just practicing, you know, the fundamentals that I use on the court or the field. And That's right. I, I, I like to feel like, you know, we're salespeople or corporate athletes and that we need to be leaning into that concept as a source of strength versus yeah. a show or a feeling of weakness. That's right. That's right. I think that's a good point. Um, you know, I, I'm a former athlete as well and, uh, you know, a fake athlete today. Um, <laughs> but but um, I think it's a great point. And I think that actually differentiates. So at one point, you know, my dad um, always won CEO trips. My mom usually went with him. It was one year she couldn't go because she had just started a new job and it was to Hawaii. So look at me, he took me. <laughs> and so when we get over there, it just it just happened that he worked with a young lady 
whose son played in the NFL. He played for Seattle at the time. His name was Riddick. Uh, and Riddick was there. And me and him, we just hit it off. We hung out the whole time I was in Hawaii with my dad. Uh, and one of the things that he said when we went to from place to place, he was people were like, good gracious, because he's huge. He's a huge man. Uh, and, and people would say, what, what, what do you do? And he was just like, oh, I work in Seattle, right? And that doesn't sound like much, right? That doesn't sound like anything to, to even think about. But with the way that my brain works, I was just really, really enthralled by the fact that here's an NFL football player who describes playing the game as I work in Seattle. And I was like, I was like, yo, what in the world? And that, and I think that speaks to some of what you're saying, right? So like the, the idea that this sport, whatever the sport is in this case, is your job and it's work as opposed to the, the the other side of things where you see LeBron James, yeah, it's his job, but you see clearly he's having fun, right? Um, and, and I think he's having fun because he seems to have a freedom from the enslavement or imprisonment of other people's ideas and opinions of him. Sure. And so, so I begin to see as an athlete and I see other athletes that are you know in specific spaces where when you have that mental freedom of not necessarily being crushed by the opinions of others or living by it, because uh, obviously, if you, live, you know, this is a great statement. If you live by the the approval of people, you'll die by their rejection. Mm-hmm. You see, you can see clearly like those athletes that we know and follow who are free from those opinions and how much fun they seem to be having and calling it a game, like recognizing it as a game first versus those who are not necessarily free from that mentally. And it's starting to feel like work. And I think that's that's a real, real metaphor for what we experience in sales as well. And the pressure that comes along with it, if there's not that aspect of mental freedom that we're all striving for. That's awesome. Yeah. I I wonder if that ties in at all to kind of your personal journey here as far as your your mental health in the sales as a sales professional. Yeah, I'd love to understand a little bit more kind of that. uh, that story that you told um, for the audience that maybe can't participate and take care. I think they'd love to hear kind of, you know, pieces of your story that you would want to share. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, for the longest time when I got into sales, right. I'm a, I'm super competitive, but I, but I also want to compete against the best you. So that leads me to being like super sharing. Right. So I'm very wide open, open book, anything I know you can know, even if we're competing head to head, um, because because I'd like to say like you know everything I know and I want so yeah. that, right I can share my playbook with you right. I can't execute it better than you can. right right so so that's a part of me um, but then there's another part of me that feels like I'm tied almost inextricably to the, the the way that I perform in whatever space it is and sales happens to be a place where that is super magnified right. Mm-hmm. And I started to I started to recognize it really early in my sales career, but there was nothing I, I didn't have any tools at all um, to deal with it at the time other than like the normal tools. Right. So there was there were vices. There were, you know, uh, there was a lack of sleep and and all sorts of things that I was that I was doing because I just really didn't know how to handle it. And I still have um, struggles at times kind of reconciling the fact that I am not what I do. Right. Reconciling um, that I am more than a product. Right. Or I am more than what I produce. Um, and that is that is something that's really difficult because from the earliest of ages. Right. Like you you work really hard 
you get a particular grade in school, you get a, a certain level of recognition. So you start to tie performance with, with value, performance with worth, performance with uh, you know, people wanting you, being loved, all of these sorts of things, even though that's not something that was espoused in my household. Um, it's something that, I, that was ingrained in me. And so as I started to get into sales and progress and started doing um, the things that I do, um, it, just, it just continued to build. Uh, and, and there were, there were very few moments where I felt free from it. So that led to like work, workaholism, right. Where it's just like, I can't unplug because my world will fall apart. Right. If I, if I unplug today and, and I miss a sale or I unplug the day and I miss an email from a client or I unplug the day and my boss needs to get to me, like what happens to their view of me? Right. And so I started tying those things together. And so a part of my journey toward wellness and I'm still in process, a part of that has been to recognize that the, you know, my worth, my value, whether or not I'm loved, these are all things that are objectively secured elsewhere. And what I do at work is I work out of those freedoms that have been afforded me. Right. Um, And so that in and of itself is pretty difficult. And it still is difficult for me to find true freedom, like even in the, you know, in the, in the context of sales. And so I picked up cycling and that's something that I shared a part of during my story at Take Care, like grabbing the bike and getting on the bike and for the first time in a lot of years, experiencing the freedom that it is to just ride down a hill with the wind blowing in your face yeah. took me way back to my childhood and the idea that I can still have fun, right? Like, like this is, it's almost like, you know, uh, you know, somebody you refiguring out like a a capability that's been hidden because it's not been exercised in a very, very long time. You're like, Oh snap. I didn't know I could still tap the backboard. You know what I mean? It's just like this sense of nostalgia and freedom and, and just, you know, I've been overwhelmed by that. And so now I'm pursuing like, what else? that I used to do that was super fun and made me feel free and made me come alive that I can still do. That's great. And so I'm exploring those things and it's in slowly but surely uh, the grip of uh, imprisonment, right? Mental imprisonment tying me to what I do um, has been loosened a bit, you know, as I explore like those parts of my inward being. Yeah. What you're bringing up is, is so critical and such it's it, it may be it's easy easily in the top three challenges that people in sales face because people connect who they are to their number. Yes. And, and the problem is sales leadership, sales organizations, they they encourage that in, in some right. way. It's like, and they do it, they start with, you know, when you're hitting your number, you are great. You are awesome. You are the best. You're the number one performer here. You are all these things. So if when I am doing good, I am awesome. That means when I am doing bad, I must suck. That's right. That's right. That's right. And and the the nature of quotas and trips and bonuses tie all that together. Mm. And then people naturally, we all have ups and downs in life, in sales, in things. You can't always be number one. That's so right. now when you start struggling, it's like, well, maybe I'm bad. That's right. Not that I had a bad month or I lost a deal or 
these things happen to everybody, but there is something wrong with me. That's right. That's right. And, and man, that's, that's tough because yeah. when those things aren't separate, when who you are is not equal to, or is equal to your performance, mm-hmm. then man, to your point, I need to always be on, need to always do this, always do this, always do this. And if I take some time off, that means I'm inflicting some self wound where I'm not going to hit what I want. Therefore I suck. It's like, yeah. it, it, it will in the long run lead to either. I always need to win or mm-hmm. I'm going to spiral into shame. That's right. And when that happens, fun becomes unimportant, right? Fun That's is right. something that is, is this extra that I can't afford, I can't afford to do exactly. But in reality, fun is a psychological need. You yeah. need to have play. You need to have downtime. You need to have fun. And when you are putting yourself in a position where that's not in the picture, you're putting yourself in a really psychologically vulnerable position. That's right. That's right. And it's and, and, and I've, I've come to discover some of that. And then and, and still. Right. It is it is such a pull. I'm going on PTO tomorrow um, and I'm and I'm I'm doing all kinds of planning and plotting, trying to figure out how to stay unplugged. Right. Like how to stay off my stuff. <laughs> you know, take the phone, put it in the tell your yeah. wife the code. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and what's crazy is like it may take that. Yeah. Right. Because this because of this tie. The other side to it, though, and we don't have to spend a lot of time here, but then then you add the layer that says there are uh, perceptions and stereotypes that are on top of that that get fought as well, right? So, like, I take a vacation a whole week. I feel like they're gonna think I'm lazy, right? This because that's a that's a you know stereotype threat is real, right? Then the the, the fact that uh, the way that I work feels more indicative of an entire people group than maybe you experienced, David, right? Like, so it's just like, you say, well, if I don't hit my number, maybe that means I suck. But I think sometimes, man, if I don't hit my number, what does that mean for all of us who are trying to get into the door? Because we're not here, right? It's not like there's a lot of us here. So what does that mean if I don't kill it, kill it, kill it to open the door for the potential that more of us can get here at some point in the future? I can understand so, how you'd feel yeah. that level yeah. of pressure. It's a pressure to be representative of yeah. Yeah. other people them, so that you can give them opportunities as well. Yeah. Yeah. See, we gave you all a shot. You 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 blew it. The one blew it for That's you. a lot to put on <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, I've, I've spoken to, uh, about that specific thing, you know, uh, ad infinitum. It, it's not, so, it's, but it's just another piece to the puzzle um, that um, that on my journey to wellness, um, I've been having to reckon with. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, believe it or not, like this fun aspect of things has really, really been super helpful, not only for the, the, the mere fact that we need fun in play, um, but because like the endorphins are helpful. Oh yeah, dude. There's yeah. some real like dopamine, serotonin increasing. Like, that's right. That's do right. positive things. Yeah, that's especially right. when you do them in a healthy way. There's a lot yes. of ways to get those things fired. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> no, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard about yeah. that. Um, yeah. for, the, for the folks that are listening, here's a, no, I'm kidding. Um, so, uh, talk talk to us a little bit, like you know, on your path, on your journey. These are things that people struggle with. What, yeah. what are some 
for, for people that are going through this that are maybe not as far along as, as you are, what are some things you're doing and some advice you can give them? Like, you know, where, where, how would you help lead them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, this is a big thing for me is, is really finding a community um, of people. And when I say community, sometimes I, you know, going back and listening to myself say community in other contexts, I, I think people think of like big groups, you know, like micro communities and big, that's a part of it. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, but what I mean is just a community. Like I have a community of friends who live around me, live around my family, who know us, can see us, can speak into our lives, right? Can remind us of truths based on history that they have with us. That's extremely important because the lies that we believe, like the lies we just finished talking about, right? They, they are, they speak loudly. And so you need to be able to say to someone this is what I'm believing right now about myself. This is what I'm believing right now about my capability. This is what I'm believing about my value, my worth, and have them to speak truth to you. The truth about who they know you to be, the truth about what they understand about you, um, the truth that those things are true, right? Um, and, and to speak a better word, right? And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, my family, we're a Christian family. So like the better word for us is the word that has already been spoken about who we are. We've been made in the image of our creator. Um, and that's in and of itself gives us value. Uh, and, and that is where the freedom is. It's like, you know, that objectively you are loved, you are accepted, you are forgiven. Therefore, you can live freely knowing that if you fail, it's not the end of the world. It's not something that's going to going to crush you. And so but but you can't I can't hear that well speaking it to myself. Most times I need that voice to, that's saying what I already know to be true to come from outside of me. Right. And so that's why community to me is really, really important. And even if you're not a believer, that community is extremely important for somebody to say, for even for you, Dave, like if somebody, if somebody said, you say, man, I, I, I suck. You need somebody to say, no, you don't. You don't suck. I mean, let's let's take a, a walk down memory lane. Remember this? You put that together like you did that. Right. That took this and that. And just to speak to you and say, look. This is not, this does not define you. You remember two years ago when you felt the same way and we had this discussion and then <laughs> for, for a solid six months, like you were on cloud nine, right? Yeah, that means this is temporary, right? You can't say that to yourself with the same impact. It's someone who knows, yeah, but someone who knows you and loves you and cares about you and you know that's the truth, when they speak it to you, um, it's the type of reminder that can change your direction. Yeah, so community would be the first thing. It, man, it's it's tough when when you're spiraling and spiraling in your brain to talk yourself out of that spiral. So I, th- I yes. think it's exactly right. Yeah. And and yeah. I, I mean, I don't remember. Yeah, and uh, I'm Jewish, so I've read the Torah, but I I feel like they're they're fairly. There's a lot of similarities. I, I don't remember, and maybe there was a chapter that said you are your number, but I, I don't I don't recall <laughs> if God spoke that to us. Um, no, I don't I don't think it's in. There, but no, 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 it's no, not. No. Okay, no, 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 not at all. Okay. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're not gonna remind yourself of that. No, that's right. But I'll come and tell you. I'll come and tell you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, I was just thinking about like reasons why it's so hard to remind ourselves of that. Once we get into that mindset, you know, it, it kind of just it brings up all of the memories related to times you're in that mindset. It clouds yes. your ability to see the better times and yeah. to be able to remind yourself of those. Yeah. You can know, write it down though, if, to to go back and look at it. But having someone else say it to, to you is is awfully important as well. So, like, actually 
doing like a word cloud with your thoughts and then like like in the, at a time when you're feeling better writing down all of those things oh yeah remind yourself of like when i'm feeling like really down on myself you know here's the things that i i know now that will help me to remember then yeah that's a great point um and, and probably a date stamp would be helpful too right you know or I mean? or like, doing voice memo of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah listen to your own voice. Like hearing yeah. your own voice coming back at you in that like positive, like, okay, maybe I didn't always feel like this. Maybe I actually do believe those other things sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it, for me, the type of personality I am, it's like, I would love to be able to see, like, I felt like this this day. And then this day I felt great. Oh, it was just 48 hours. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I, I will be okay. That's yeah. right. I will be fine. Yeah. Um, so that's, so that's great. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, that was one thing. Community is one thing. Um, the second thing is right. Um, in that same community, you need people who are not impressed with you and will challenge you. Right. Um, cause you don't want a whole community of yes people. Right. Yeah. You, don't want, you don't want a whole community of people who are just like, go get them champ. You want people who also say, Hey, you screwed up. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and so like the, the balance of the, you know, the double-edged sword of what community and love actually looks like, um, is extremely important, um, on the road to, uh, mental health, um, as well. And, and, and people who are not afraid to challenge you, um, in the, in a, in a given moment, um, because that's really, really, I've seen a lot of people destroy themselves, um, with friends around them. And that's, that sucks. Yeah. Um, friends who weren't going to challenge them. That's right. <laughs> Right. Yes, yeah. Didn't yeah. challenge them, didn't walk with them to find a better path, just said they were okay. Yeah. 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 There, there's a story. And I forget, man, I forget the company this guy founded. Um, his name is Tony. Yeah. Starts with, it starts with an H. What was that? I was just thinking about that. Zappos. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that was the story oh. that his, he was surrounding himself by people who were just encouraging him to keep going with the destructive lifestyle. And yeah. Jewel or somebody who had gone yes, in and yes, tried cool. to change his mind and he was right. not having it. And that's right. And she risked she risked the friendship. And that's what that's what you have to have people who are willing to, to risk the friendship for your benefit to say the things that are necessary for you to hear to get on a better path. And if you choose not to, then then that's then that's that. But you you know, in the case of this gentleman, Tony, like it's just a sad, sad tale. And it's a reminder that the type of community that we need, it's just, we don't need community for the sake of community. So please don't hear me saying that, right? No, I love that, man. Spot on. Any, any other, so you got community, any other kind of key things that you want people to hear? Yeah. He's got fun. He's got community. Oh, He's got challenges. Yeah, yeah. I, I, challenge yeah. I agree with this. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah sorry. Right. And, and just, yeah, and just, you know, and just. And, See, this and, is my wife challenging me. Right? <laughs> I keep yeah. her around. She's yeah, telling that's, me things I need to do better. You got a wonderful community right there in your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, those are two really important things. I think it's also, uh, you know, really important to, um, you know, a, a, allow your space, like find out how, and maybe you, maybe you, maybe you talk to some of the people within your community, friends, family, find out what it means to extend grace to yourself. Right. Even, even when it's not being extended, even when you feel that it's not being extended elsewhere. Right. Um, <laughs> when, you, when you were talking about like the awards, the trips and things that you get in the sales world, like another thing that you started, you know, I saw a lot at one point in, in a role that I was in where, you know, promotions and things like that would come through and people would get announced as being promoted. And the reason that would be given is because they were the first one in and the last one out. Sure. 
And it, and what does that I mean? Good gracious! Like okay, so that that, that, that that's another one on, on yourself that. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's another one that's stacked up, and so you know you have to give yourself grace and recognize that um, the work you do again is not your not 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 a, not an indicator of who you are and what your value is, but also um, you know you put you put you you put your effort in. You you give whatever that effort is and whatever that looks like. And then you have to have the confidence to leave it where it is um, and trust the outcomes, um, you know, outside of yourself. Like you're not you're not actually in control of the outcomes. And that's I think there's freedom in, in recognizing that. Right. I'm literally not in control of the outcomes because I don't sign the contracts at my prospects company. I don't do red lines. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't you could, do but you'd get in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> right. I get in a little bit of trouble. Right. But but like but but that logical we I think we skip over like the logical things in the midst of our spirals right mm-hmm. so so if I say to you hey you you don't do red bonds hey you you don't work in procurement over there hey you you can't sign that deal right the logic makes perfect sense and you're like in some cases you're like <laughs> that's true that's true. I need, That's, I need to give myself some grace. Though. I need to relax. That's well, where I need to give myself some grace. And it, and Aaron, and you and I have talked about this before, and I think this is something you do, um, you teach other people, but it's this concept of the things that you're saying to yourself, pretend your best friend was saying they were struggling with those things or saying those thoughts to you. Mm. To you. Would yeah. you respond to them and say, well, you suck. And that was your fault. <laughs> right. Or as you say to your best friend, you know, hey, you, you don't control that. It'll be okay. You know, would, would you be as hard on your best friend as you're being yourself? And if that's the case, you know, would you want to be your own friend and why? Maybe you should give yourself the same advice you give your friend in those instances. That's a fact. Um, there's a gentleman in Sales for the Culture who uh, is amazing. His name's Terry Arbaugh. Uh, phenomenal guy. He does a clubhouse called. Uh, Emotional intelligence, which is pretty dope. Um, but he he gave a he gave a talk and a training for us one Saturday uh, on imposter syndrome. And and one one of the things that I will I will never forget is he talked about imposter syndrome. He talked about the voice that speak our own voices that when we speak in our own head, those things that we we tell ourselves. He was like, you know, listen to those as if you know you're the you're the listener, not the speaker. Like you're the hearer, not the speaker, right? Like you're, you're like you're hearing someone say that stuff. It's almost similar to what you just said, right? Like, you know, you're not you're not worth anything. Like that's not me telling me. That's not me telling me that, right? That's me hearing someone hauling these accusations at me, and then treat them accordingly, right? Like a little if a little kid comes up to you and say, "Hey, you suck." What are you gonna do? You'll be like, whatever. Man. You don't know. Me. <laughs> Go ahead, kid. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And so, and so that simple paradigm shift as from the speaker and listener to just the hearer of information that's coming at me that I can just do what I want with, and in most cases, what I want to do is trash it. Um, and I thought that was really helpful. Uh, that's not all. That's not all he said. He said a whole bunch of powerful stuff, but that was one that stuck with me. Yeah, like that kind of externalizing it, like it's coming from somewhere else, like this little bully of some kind that you're that's right having. yeah 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 well Duan, this is this is awesome man um lots of lots of great things um i mean just kind of covering you know you are not your number 
got to remember how to fun, all the positive self-talk and, and also, you know, kicking out the, the ugly voice that, you know, it, you wouldn't talk to your friend about it. I mean, all, all these things uh, and the work you're doing and sales for the culture and other places. I mean, just thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for sharing a lot of this with us. There's a lot of really good things here. With people. Yeah, no problem, man. I hope it was helpful and encouraging to somebody. It, I'm sure it would be, um, you know, we, we always offer for our guests, we always offer our guests up to the community. Uh, <laughs> you're now being volunteered. You're now being available. If people need help with these things, if they want to talk through these things, where, where's the best place to kind of reach out and get support? Yeah, you can message me on, on LinkedIn for sure. Um, if you happen to be black and in tech sales, you can come out to salesfortheculture.com, join the community, come find me in there, DM me. Happy to jump on a call. Um, whatever you need to support, help, serve. Um, you know, uh, I truly mean it when I say that. You know, I believe that um, the shortest distance between you and what you want is to help other people get what they want. Um, and so I'm here to serve. It'd be my joy to help. Um, please do reach out to me if you find yourself in that position for sure. Much love. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. It was great talking to you. And folks, Dewan also does post a lot of mental health relevant uh, articles on his LinkedIn as well, I've noticed, which I really appreciate. So um, good, to, good to follow, even if you don't reach out. Yes, please. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, uh, audience. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate it. Um, if Dewan, myself, Aaron, if any of us can do anything for you, we are always here for you. So thank you all. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.